From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And happy 2011 to everybody. Happy New Year to you. Pastor Mike Douglas here along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host. And, of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, here with us as well. And to kick off the new year, uh, you know, there are there are friends... And there are friends. Mm-hmm. And, and tonight is one of those special friends mm-hmm. that, that God connected uh, us with uh, many, many years ago. Chris Whitler with yes. us here from uh, Youth with a Mission, YOM here in Modesto. And, and we're going to catch up and uh, we're going to be blessed tonight because Chris also is bringing some original songs yes. uh, with us. He's going to be singing with us here live. So we're going to look forward to that in, in just a couple of seconds. So uh, let's get right down to it and check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1995, Vietnam. Tu Ding Trung rides his bicycle from village to village to preach the good news. But by order of the communist authorities, a squad of officers pulls him off his bike, beats him, and brings him to jail. When Christians around the world hear this story, they pray for Trung and write letters on his behalf. The Vietnamese authorities feel the pressure and offer him early release. But Trung refuses. In prison, he has led many to Christ, and he wants to stay for his full term so he can disciple his new flock of believers. He says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. Will you take a stand? For more on The Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. You know, we we picked that one specifically mm-hmm. for today because as as we kick off the new year, you know, we had, people are making resolutions and this sort of thing. And, you know, God, you know, we do make our plans, but God does direct our, our steps. Right. And and many times to get his will done, we, we don't see the big picture. You know, we see our little puzzle piece. Don't quite see how it fits into the grand mosaic that... That God has. What do you think of of uh, this young man in in, in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and uh, chose to go back into jail because that's where God was working with him and and through him, and we can't always see what what God is doing. But boy, when when we stay teachable, malleable, and directable, mm-hmm. God does some wonderful things, and uh, you know our, our our little part fits into that grand plan that He has, and. Doesn't always make sense. I'm sure that when Paul and Silas got thrown in prison, you know, that first time they didn't quite know what was going on either. But isn't it wonderful 
how God touches down and, and works through uh, even even the most dire circumstances. So wherever you are uh, tonight as you're listening to this broadcast, our prayer for you is that uh, you will submit to the, the will of the Father and uh, that he will use you in a powerful way to affect your sphere of influence wherever you happen to be around the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of great spheres of influence, let's check in with Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. As we celebrate the new year, it is easy for us to be discouraged about the future based upon the disappointments of the past. Well, let's remember that 2010 was laced with resolute victories, including the successful defense by PJI of our national motto, In God We Trust, as well as the victorious protection of public prayers at public gatherings. We saw the withdrawal of a mandatory homosexual curriculum in an elementary school, and even the reversal of a city ban on a home Bible study. Let's all be thankful that the God God of grace in 2010 is the same God of grace in 2011. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Just a reminder, friends, uh, Brad Dacus and the good folks at the Pacific Justice Institute represent these cases pro bono. Mm-hmm. They do not charge. He has uh, attorneys and I know we all make attorney jokes. You know, I mean, I've been guilty of, of that. But the, <laughs> but these are wonderful men and women up and down the state who, who don- donate their time uh, for the cause of Christ, really. And uh, so we, we just encourage you to keep uh, uh, the Pacific Justice Institute in your prayers throughout 2011. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. If we can poke fun at the attorneys, we can poke fun at the IRS, too. After all, they're Let's here to help, right? Let's do that after April right? 15. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, they're here to help, right? Or as in the case of nonprofits, <laughs> May 15, which is our filing date. <sighs> I know you wanted to know that. We're just right? kidding. Texas. Were you trying to go somewhere with Actually, that? Actually, I was, okay, because I'll the IRS is here to help with the taxes, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, AARP is here to help. Okay, too. I had so, to bring them. So we start right? two of my favorite <laughs> two organizations. Two of your favorite ones. Well, actually, IRS and AARP. Well, they kind of go hand in hand here, they, sort they of. Do. And AARP is still sending me those membership and things. And they stuff. will keep on just because <laughs> you know, they like you. But they are nice <laughs> people and they do they good are. work. It's just mm-hmm. I'm in denial mm-hmm. and let me be there. And you'll AARP. probably okay, stay you know? there. Well, stay there in your comfortable <laughs> little. Okay. Denial, Pastor Mike, because okay. we're going to talk about the AARP tax aid program because they need volunteers to help prepare those wonderful little tax programs for our seniors. And they are wonderful, ages 60 and older. And I don't want to go there because I'm in denial. And low income taxpayers in Stanislaus County. Uh, volunteers ages 18 years and up are needed to help individuals with those tax returns in Modesto, Newman, and Turlock. Volunteers should be comfortable working with numbers and have some familiarity with simple, heavy on the simple tax returns. And I don't know if there's any such thing. Mr. Al, do you think there is? I just, Isn't that a I contradiction in terms? Simple tax moron or something like that. All volunteers will receive free 40-hour comprehensive training to be held early. You know what? They're going to get us for this. We're just no serious here about us 
<laughs> yeah, we were so excited about I having know. an international oh. network, and you know, the IRS is probably going, hmm. But the yeah. training is going we to We love be, you guys, we really. We do, seriously. <laughs> the training is going to be held early this month, and uh, everybody's asked to um, uh, obligate at least four hours a week between February 1 and April 15th. The AARP's tax aid program is the nation's largest, seriously, free volunteer-run tax counseling and preparation service, helping more than 3 million, kudos to you guys, 3 million people nationwide file their tax returns last year. So we do thank you. And seriously, we do hope that you will consider helping uh, our seniors to do this. Yeah, I just want to, who's having some fun with this here at the beginning. But seriously, I've, I've... Helped found three nonprofits over over the years, and uh, have done a lot of conversations with the IRS because when you start a nonprofit in a in a ministry, there are always questions, you know. But I have to say, every time that I have called the IRS and I got a lot now, getting the live person on the other line is is uh, other end of the line is sometimes an issue. But once you get the live person, I've always had a very gracious, understanding, and cooperative person mm-hmm. on the other side. And uh, the other day, I actually met a guy who was, uh, for about 30 years, kind of in the law enforcement side of the IRS that policed the IRS. Wow. It was kind of like the Internal Affairs Department for uh, for IRS. And, and he said nobody liked him. You know, the, the IRS <laughs> agents didn't like him because he was there to make sure they were doing their job right. And just the neatest guy, nicest guy. Cool. And, and so anyway, you know, we're, we're having some fun with this at the beginning. But we thank all of you yes. who, who work with the IRS that, that do such a great job and, mm-hmm. and are so understanding on the other end of the line. And uh, so we, we, we thank you for, uh, for your service. We do. Now, another opportunity. It's a taxing responsibility they have. Sometimes it's taxing. That's the first joke of 2011. Okay. And it didn't go well. And it won't be the last. Yeah, it won't be the last. (laughs) You need to take a mulligan. (laughs) (laughs) We do. All right. Uh, another, um, opportunity for you to, uh, Volunteer is the court appointed special advocates of Stanislaw County, also known as CASA, want you to stand up for a child. Volunteer advocates are the voice of a dependent child during court proceedings to conduct case fact finding and produce a court report for all court hearing based on what is in the best interest of the child. Now, advocates are asked to volunteer an average of 10 to 15 hours per month and that you commit to being available for a year so that you can build and maintain a trusting and stable relationship with the child. Volunteers are provided with a support system for training you and guiding and supervising, including 30 hours of initial pre-service CASA training for you, covering the court process, giving you mental health. We won't go there. Domestic violence, cultural diversity, and... Why were you looking at me? Uh, We won't go there either. And the dynamics of families and 12 hours of dependency court observation. Now, if you're interested in this, uh, you're asked to attend a volunteer orientation. That takes place Monday coming up uh, January 10th. Is that next Monday? Uh, Or the following... Anyway, uh, 6 p.m. This coming Monday. Thank you, Mr. L. Yeah, the today's next, Monday. Today is Monday. Too. And then there's another Monday that follows Thank it. Thank you. Which the is next, normally 
seven days afterwards. <laughs> the next training is going to be held Thursday evenings beginning the 27th of this wonderful new month, the wonderful new year, and through April 7th from 6 to 9 p.m. You know what? New months and New Year's do strange things oh, to us, Chris. We just, I don't know, we should have holidays more often. Anyway, volunteers must be at least 21 years of age, complete training, uh, attend daytime court hearings, maintain strict confidentiality. You must be computer literate and have access to email, pass a fingerprint background check, and you must possess a valid California driver's license vehicle, vehicle and show proof of insurance. So uh, all of these things to be... Great opportunities. Great there. opportunity Absolutely. and a very, very good thing. And uh, if you want to uh, change someone's life for a very good reason, we really, really encourage you to get involved with the Reading Works Adult Literacy Program. We truly, truly do this. You know, over 100,000 in our beloved county here in Stanislaw County. Uh, adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy and are considered uh, functionally illiterate. You can change their lives and their future and their children's lives, their grandchildren, by volunteering to help them change all that. Volunteers age 16 years or older spend just a couple of hours a week increasing uh, their basic reading skills, utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation coming up January 19th. That's on a Wednesday from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., only an hour. And it's followed by a tutor training that takes place Saturday, January 22nd from 10 to 4. That's kind of an all-day thing, but it's very worthwhile. I took part in this uh, here a while back, and uh, I think you will find it very beneficial as well. Both are held at the Modesto Library Downstairs Auditorium. Reading Works, a partnership of the Stanislaw County Library and the Stanislaw Literacy Center, and providing free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills. And what a great way to invest into the lives and future of others. If you have any questions about these opportunities, give our good friend Barbara Borba a call. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her, bborba at uastan.com. Org. We want to say a big thanks for a very quick response that we saw. There was a baby monitor need. Um, there was a, a lady named Mary taking care of her 90-year-old dad. She still is, actually, and she needed uh, to have a, a, a monitor to uh, listen to her dad in another room and at night. So we placed this on the website. Pastor Mike put it on Facebook, as we are now on Facebook. And Debbie, one of our volunteers, saw this. She responded right away, brought the baby monitor in today. Mary, on the heels of that, came right in and picked it up. And that was such a blessing. We want to say thanks to Debbie for providing the baby monitor that she no longer needed. And thanks to Mary for coming in and picking it up. It was just a The huge... first connection of 2011. Oh the first of, you know, between 2,500 and 3,000 will probably happen this year. And uh, Yeah. You know, Chris, you were, you're one of those early adapter guys, you know, I mean, you know, the technology and all that. 
you had to teach this old dog here a couple of tricks to do Facebook. I mean, I, w- I was not an early adapter, and I don't still, I don't know that I have plumbed the depths of that yet. But we were able to get on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, you guys are doing good. But it it, it really is a, an amazing uh, resource, isn't it? To get to get real time messages out, and of course, it can be abused like anything else. But it re- really can be a, a wonderful asset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So many people out there on it. It's a good way to connect, connect with each other. Yeah, and well, and you know, sometimes we we get a response to a need, you know, within an hour, you know, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we've had the same thing. You imagine what the the Apostle Paul would have done with Facebook. <laughs> that would be interesting. You know? We'll have to ask him. <laughs> well, there's a guy right now tweeting the whole Bible. Oh, seriously? Yeah, really? every day yeah. is a new chapter. He like he reduces a chapter of the Bible down to 140 characters. And he's doing every chapter of the book. Is that right? <laughs> is he local? Yeah. Is he here local? No, Chris, no. He's a, I think he's a youth pastor. I don't know where he is, but I kind of just stumbled upon him. <laughs> so I don't know if Paul would have done that. The Bible tweet. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's something else. That I, I'm going to have to think about that for a little bit. That, that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Let's just uh, throw out a couple of needs here that we Did have I interrupt currently. you again? Not at all. Oh, Would you okay. do a thing like Sorry. that? We need beds and bedding. A family mm-hmm. of six, one full and two twins, and we need a queen size for a woman uh, uh, with with lupus. And so if you have uh, any beds of those sizes, give us a call. We also have a painting job. This is an inside job for a couple. They uh, have the paint, and if you can apply and supply the time, uh, give us a call here at 209 209- Five four four nine five seven one. That's our office number at AVC two zero nine five four four nine five seven one, and we will make those connections for you. We are so pleased to have our brother and one of our heroes of the faith. I gotta say that, Chris. <laughs> We're so glad to have you back. Now, before when we had Jimmy and Aaron and Kelly here with us, uh-huh. you were at home babysitting the kids. Yes. And so I think we had you listening live to us yeah. as we were doing Lighthouse Live. But tonight we have you here, and it's just uh, uh, wonderful to have you here. Uh, we've been showing and handing out these DVDs of ABC that Mike's been putting together and passing them out. I have to tell you this because you're on it. I don't think you've seen it yet. Oh, no. But yeah. you and oh, your yeah. son oh, no. are on it. Chris, it's so awesome because <laughs> you guys look so much like, and we, yes. we tell people how great you are, and people just go, Oh, look, they're so cute because you guys look so much alike. Yeah. We've got to get a DVD in your hand because, yes. you guys, I mean, you're on it and everything. And we're, well, what am I doing? What, I don't it's, even, you're serving you... in the airport district. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yes. I was down there. Uh, okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, it's, it's all good. Are you guys following us around? Or? No. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've diversified since yeah, you were last yeah, on the show. It we, seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you know, Chris is one of the one of the guys. For, for those of you around the world, may not be familiar with what's happening here in Stanislaus County, but you know, Chris has his. You got your thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the streets, you know, and and that is so important that as the body of Christ. You know, it's just not we're asking people to come to us, and because a lot of them aren't going to cross the threshold, you know, into our churches many times. But to be out there uh, on the street where where you've really got your finger on the pulse and, and you're being Jesus to people, that's your calling. That is your calling, and that's uh, then you know God has wired you in an incredible way to uh, to do that. I know it's your passion. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to be anywhere else, would you? No. Yeah. We we uh, we started uh, here in Modesto. Came here in two thousand and one, and just uh, quickly started to find our way into the community. And uh, you know, some of the very first things that uh, we did were things that we didn't know how to do. We just thought, well, we should just probably get out there and meet people. And uh, turns out, uh, showing up and being there and uh, developing relationships, mm-hmm. you know, is a thing. <laughs> two two thousand one. Yeah. So if they do a documentary, it'll be two thousand one in Modesto Odyssey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you are good tonight. Oh I my goodness. <laughs> That kind of dates us all. Yes, it does. Way, way back (laughs) there. What what, what brought you to uh, the Modesto area? Well, we came here to, uh, you know, we work with Youth with a Mission, and uh, we came here as, that's YWAM, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. people commonly call us YWAM. Um, And we came here as YWAM missionaries to... Uh, uniquely serve with a local church that that wanted to start doing some outreach but didn't have the resources to hire somebody to come in and handle that for them. So we came here um, as supported Youth with a Mission workers to help our one of our supporting churches to begin to reach out in the community. Um, and uh, part of it was to develop partnership to work in the former Prescott Estates, which was a oh. kind of a notorious yes. neighborhood in our city, yes. and uh, but but we made we we felt God calling us here, and we made our plans to move. And about six months before we moved is when they started to shut the community down. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we first got here was when the uh, evictions were were uh, coming across the board, and so our first month uh, working here trying to partner with the church to minister to the families that were being evicted from Prescott Estates. Uh, that was the first four weeks was the four weeks of evictions that those families mm. faced. So that's kind of how we started working with the homeless because a lot of people became homeless when our city, sh- you know, uh, put that community uh, into when they uh, shut that community down. So now, I know some of your uh, fellow servants come from Canada where, mm-hmm. where did you come? Where were you before you came to? I was in uh, Youth with a Mission in Canada. You were? Okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so we had lived up there for eight years. Um, me and my wife and our two boys. Uh, two, our two boys were born there, so we have some dual citizens. Ah. And uh, so we lived up there for eight years and working mostly with um, youth programs, uh, youth outreach, and doing uh, running Youth with a Mission's discipleship training program. And uh, so we were doing that for eight years. And sort of the seed of what we do here in Modesto was born up there. Uh, We started to, as a uh, discipleship training school staff, we did a summer program where we thought, well, we take these... We take these Youth with a Mission students all over the world to do ministry, and we don't do anything in our own community. So we started just volunteering at a local soup kitchen. And uh, the things that I learned there... Are is really part of what we're doing now, mm-hmm. because the the soup kitchen director t- told us that she didn't need help. She had plenty of volunteers, but so many people that come to the soup kitchen come not because they're hungry, but because they're lonely. Yeah. And so she had us come to the soup kitchen to wait in line, get a bowl of soup, and go to a table and sit down and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that's really the heart of what we do right now. So relational, isn't mm-hmm. it? 
Yes. Yeah. You mentioned uh, something a couple minutes ago, the word partnership. And that really is is what it takes. You know, we, we, we talk about the body of Christ and the hands and the feet and the noses and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't don't always execute it as well as we should. But, man, you know, when, when organizations especially start partnering with each other, and, I mean, you guys have just been wonderful, yes. you know, for us. I know that Elaine early yes. on, you had many needs, and mm-hmm. you were you kind of had the bat phone to Chris over here, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, just, Put the signal in the sky. Oh, yes. Absolutely, I did. And every time I got on the phone, Chris was just like, oh, a godsend. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And uh, of course, we still talk on the phone. I have to tell you something. You know, here we are all about New Year's and most of us watching the parade, I was, and all the bowl games and all of that that happens on New Year's Day. I have to tell you, on New Year's Day, I talked to Chris. Do you know where Chris was on New Year's Day? And 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 dear listeners, Chris was down on South Ninth Street in Modesto, California. If you don't know anything about South Ninth Street in Modesto, California, let me, let me tell you, it's really not a place that most people want to hang out, is it, Chris? But you were ministering mm. to some very special, precious people on Ninth Street, New Year's Day, when, like I say, most people were kicking back in the (laughs) comfort of their own home watching, you know, parades and games and stuff. But you were down there handing out coffee and donuts and and just striking up relationships with these people that other people would cast off as being society, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was was actually New Year's Eve that we were down there because we're down there every Friday. So uh, on Fridays, we load a van up with chairs and tables and uh, some hot water and stuff to make coffee and hot chocolate. And we set up a little cafe on the street. We call it the Ninth Street Cafe. And um, our goal is to create a place where people feel safe, they feel comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, they feel like they can come and sit and just kind of forget that they're on Ninth Street for a while, be around friends, listen to music. Sometimes we take the guitar out um, and just be able to be someplace that's safe and where they can feel heard. Uh, we offer prayer. Uh, it's it's very low-key. It's not, um, again, you know, people call and ask if they can volunteer and I say, well, we don't really need volunteers, but you can come have a cup of coffee mm. and sit with people and talk to them. How uh, Because that's that's one of the major needs uh, for people on Ninth Street is to for them to know that we know that they exist and uh, we care and are willing to just take a few hours and hang out. You are being Jesus to these people, as Jesus with skin on, as we say. Yeah. I think one of the keys. Um, Chris, and, and, and you have done this very well, the, the key really to having an effective ministry in places like South 9th Street is trust, mm-hmm. building relationships, and you've got to do that through longevity. Folks down there know you're going to be there. Yeah. They've seen you. They know you're going to be back. And Let's talk a little bit about the need to have a sustained presence in the area where you're ministering. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of Ways that uh, churches and and Christian groups reach out, and sometimes it's sort of that one-time, sort of short-term strike, and then you're gone. And I think that serves 
a purpose, you know, if it's something like feeding or something like that, at least it's a hot meal and, and off they go. I think f for what we're, what we're wanting to do is build relationships with people, uh, because you'll do things out of friendship that you won't do mm. with a stranger. Mm. And so right. if you, yes. if you're around long enough and you, if you get close enough to become somebody's friend, uh, that's a, a, a new kind of motivator. Uh, and we've seen all kinds of really cool things happen out of friendship. And that's, that's really the point is to, you know, the point is not the food. It's not the coffee. Right. It's nice to hold a warm cup of coffee in your hand on a cold morning. Um, and sometimes that's all people stay for, but really it's that, you know, sticking around, developing friendship and out of that comes everything. You know, we, we were talking about your son, uh, just a few minutes ago being mm -hmm. on our, on our DVD and, and, uh, talk a little bit of, you know, often more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a dad, just talk very briefly about the importance of modeling this kind of lifestyle to your to your sons and daughters well we have uh yeah it's it's really important and actually we uh look back as a family on 2010 and uh every year our uh my sister-in-law does this little thing she makes these little books that the kids can fill out mm. and you know what they did this year some of their favorite memories and sam my my boy that's on the dvd he's 10 so cool. and his one of his memories from this last year is going to south ninth street we take mm. him uh my boys trade off uh every other friday they're homeschooled so we have a flexible schedule where they can join me on friday mornings mm -hmm. and uh they they trade off to come down and and hang out with people awesome. and uh, they love to come and play dominoes and we you know have games down there for folks to play and have fun and uh, they love to come they love to be a part of it it's really important that is awesome yeah. and you know Chris you were talking a lot about the homeless people and a lot of what you see down on Ninth Street and it moved you so much that you actually wrote a song about it yeah. and we were talking about that just a little bit the other day as we were coming up on on the new year's holiday and uh as a matter of fact uh, dear listeners you are in for a treat we are all in for a special treat tonight because we happen to have singer-songwriter chris whitler <laughs> with us to do his special song that he wrote for uh, this area, the people in this area, and I think it'll touch all of our lives, no matter where you are, for the homeless people. Uh, and it's called In the Valley, as uh, Chris shares that with us now on Lighthouse Live. Can you see me, Lord? I'm down here in this valley. I'm taking time out to pray The sun is shining over the green mountains And right now they feel so far away Cause hearts are breaking in this valley My family sleeps near If it's the poor you're living with, there's still no room in the inn. Here we are, 
down in this valley Now the coastal ranges hide in the bright city And this fog rolls in and dims the eye And those clouds conceal the mighty Sierra And the rain pours down like the tears we cry beds were full and they turned us away a cup of water a crust of bread and a place to lay our head here we are can you see us down in this valley Now I am ashamed to ask those people for their money But I've forgotten how dignity feels And I'll wash windows on the corner for some spare change Hunger eats the pride that the wind don't steal I'm glad the kids are too young to understand And the sun breaks through the rain Like their laughter through my pain Here we are Can you see us? so much. Chris Whitler on Lighthouse Live, and that's In the Valley. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you know, Chris, as, as you listen to that, um, you, what I hear is what you have learned from those you are ministering to, that, mm-hmm. that God has uh, brought up, uh, across your path. What are some of the things that you have learned about yourself and God and, and the people that you serve through ministering to the people on Ninth Street and the homeless, what 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 things has God revealed to you through through those experiences? Well, I think um, uh, part of it is just uh, the a deep sense of my own need hmm. and uh, how uh, you know all of us we're not very different. You know uh, the things that that. Uh, that I need and uh, help heal me and uh, uh, feed into my life and build me up are the same things that everybody needs. And, uh, you know, we have uh, Jimmy, uh, I think he's quoting Frederick Bigner when he says, he talks about home, you know, for those of us who have a home, it's a place where we can go and lick our wounds. 
And uh, there are just so many people that don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's all right out there on the street. And uh, instead of, uh, you know, complaining or or just wishing it would go away to realize that these are these are people and uh, they have needs. And it's the same kind of needs that we do. Friendship, uh, of course, uh, Jesus. Yes. Relationship with him, life in him uh, and uh, a warm place to be. And a comfortable, you know, comfortable relationships where you can let down and, and, and be who you are. And in the song, Chris, you sang about dignity mm-hmm. and they need that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the song is sort of a kind of an amalgamation of a few people I met in my first three months here. Mm. Like I wrote that pretty early after moving to Modesto. And um, so it's, you know, a, a couple of stories put together into one. But yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it's 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 hard to live day in and day out without dignity, and when you're someone on the street or in a desperate situation, your life becomes about survival. So it's it's hard to think about hope for the future. You you sort of just think about right now, and then every day becomes right now, and then you know there's nothing left to plan for. And and it can be a very violent place. Yes, for, I mean it's just not. A matter of sleeping in the park. It's whether you survive sleeping in the park. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary, scary thing. Mm. Uh, part of what we do with uh, when we have youth groups come and work with us, uh, our our whole approach with youth groups is just to help educate them uh, with local poverty issues, what it looks like. And one of the first things we do is we take them under the Ninth Street Bridge mm. and we show them the path in the dark where you have to walk down and go find a campsite. Mm. And uh, you know it's it's no wonder some of these uh, some of these women are choosing prostitution uh, over that. You know that's a scary thing as a single woman to face under the bridge. Hmm. Um, and so on Ninth Street, you know we see a lot of women that have that have chosen prostitution get trapped in addiction um, because it's just something that they fell into, and now they're surviving and, and trying to make it day by day. It's a cycle that mm-hmm. just continues on and generational. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, I think, Chris, uh, what what we know now is, you know, twenty maybe thirty years ago, um, our, our picture, I think, nationally of what a homeless person was was one thing. That has radically shifted. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yes. because you know, with the economy, economy. and the loss of jobs yes. and foreclosures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the homeless looks pretty much like person next door, yeah. in in many many ways. And certainly, there's uh, you know, there, there are elements of a mental illness and, mm-hmm. and uh, addictions, but there's also mm-hmm. just folks that you know have had some bad stuff happen in terms of housing and, and economy and, and, and all of that. And it, uh, I think really behooves the, the church as a whole to approach ministering to the homeless in, in, in radically different ways than we did, you know, a couple of decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what have you, what kind of feedback have you gotten from these youth groups and, uh, that, that have been sent to you and that you've exposed to these things. Are, are you getting a lot of aha moments, uh, from them as, as, as they yeah. have experiences with you? What's been really neat is we've really felt directed to not give the youth groups busy work. Um, we, we want the, uh, sort of the, for lack of a better word, the uncomfortability of, of the awkward feeling of trying to talk to a stranger or befriend someone or see, 
a relationship through, even on a short term, uh, sort of to do its work. Because, you know, if they're not from Modesto, they're not going to be working with us all the time. And so our whole take is to, we want them to have an experience that they can take home and say they've learned something. So our our very first day we have with youth groups, we send them out in groups with adults, you know, in, in a safe way. But we we give we don't let them take anything. They can't have their phones. They can't have money. They uh, have to. Uh, we actually give them to to make it easy. We give them this little urban scavenger hunt. But their only um, resource is homeless people. So they have to go and and actually talk to people mm. to find out little things about Modesto or where to go for this and that. And one of their goals is to make a friend and share lunch with them. Mm. And um, we, we've kind of made it uh, frustrating on purpose so that they can see that through to its end, you know, uh, feel awkward, break the ice, find out it's not so bad. And then, you know, we have them coming back from that lunch experience uh, all the time, just so grateful that, that we didn't just give them another project to do. What are some of the things they tell you that they hear, and <clears throat> excuse me, and that they learn from their experience with the people that they talk to? I think that the biggest part, the biggest thing, and which is our goal, it's, it's really neat to see it happen over and over, is how easy it is to talk to someone. Mm. That, that really people that are in extreme circumstances or that are suffering or that are in some kind of place of need in their life, they're just waiting to share with people. They want to unload their burdens on someone. They want to talk. They want to share their story. They want to feel like they matter. So, you know, if a, a group of young people come up and say, hey, we're from a church from wherever, Ohio, and we're here for the week, and we're just out here meeting people, can you tell us your story? They're always really surprised at how easy that is to get somebody to just open up. I think there's a desire and a drive within our youth today that is different than it used to be inside the church. I'm talking inside the body of Christ. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in, in the groups that we have, they, they always really, really respond to the process that we give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually let them develop a small sort of short-term ministry while they're with us. We, we sort of take them through the steps of not knowing what you're doing and seeing that through to doing something by the end of the week. And it, they respond so well. I mean, we've had junior hires on South 9th Street, and I saw two junior high kids sitting and talking to a guy for two hours. Is that right? Wow. Just sharing with him, listening to him, letting him unload. And uh, often we find, too, that that the people, our friends on South 9th Street, minister to the kids as well. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, we we had a great thing. If we have time, we had a great thing that happened on, on Christmas. We had a uh, a youth group, two youth groups working together to do a Christmas party on South Knight Street. Uh-huh. So we were out just singing carols, sharing hot chocolate, giving out coats, that kind of a thing. And uh, one of the girls that was with one of the groups uh, was talking to a friend of ours that lives down there and is a Christian. And she had shared with him some real difficulties that she had been having in her life. And I, I looked over to my right, and I just saw this girl weeping with a, a guy that lives on South 9th Street, one mm-hmm. of our friends, who's a Christian, because he just was pouring into her. You're worth so much more than, you know, she had thought about taking her own life, mm-hmm. and he just started ministering to her and 
uh, you know, praying over her. It was really cool, really neat. You know, we uh, talked about partnerships a little while ago, and and uh, one of the great privileges that, that we have is to partner with with YWAM, and mm-hmm. it works both ways. And and you were out uh, with us in the airport neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is a couple miles away from uh, from Ninth Street, but it's uh, one of the older uh, parts of the Modesto area that really for decades has been underserved and kind of ignored. And, and fortunately now there's an airport collaborative happening mm-hmm. down there and, and uh, there's some advocacy and some ownership in the hood of what's happening and yeah. some good stuff happening Exciting. down there. But, yeah. but you know, there, and, and some changes are happening. And, and a lot of that I, I think has to do with the body of Christ saying, we're, we're, we're going to pay attention here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you, you have written a song. Yes. About the airport neighborhood. Yeah. And, and, you know, our, man, our time is escaping, but we want to make sure we don't escape without hearing. All right. Uh, you're talking about the airport neighborhood. Again, we're visiting with Chris Whitler here from Youth with a Mission here in Modesto. I've been walking, uh, with Jeff, Jeff Phillips, uh, uh, from Lifewind, yes. uh, once a week, uh, down in the airport neighborhood. And, uh, we were walking with one of his buddies who's an artist in the neighborhood and he's, he's an art teacher. And uh, we're walking and we're talking about Moses and the burning bush. And one of the things that's always intrigued me about the burning bush is, is Moses had to kind of look at it long enough to see that it wasn't being burned up. Like you have to look at something long enough to see that. And we're talking about that and we come in this alleyway and we notice these beautiful blue flowers in this sort of dirty alleyway in the airport neighborhood. And we all stopped and we're like, taken aback by how beautiful these flowers were in this strange place. And it kind of reminded me of the airport district. There's so much there to be seen, so much there that God is doing, and uh, we have to just stay long enough to notice it. Mm. So that's where this song came from. Burning bushes Burning all around Hear the laughing Raging sound Take your shoes off It's holy ground Burning bushes Are all around the flowers burning blue from the dirt see the mamas walk with their children before work hear the river singing its own tune they're burning bushes Burning but not consumed Burning bushes are all around Can you hear the laughing? Holy sound Take your shoes off on this ground Burning bushes are all around. 
the gardens burst with fire and light. See the neighbors sharing a bread line, and the artist is painting out his piece. They're burning bushes, speaking freedom and release. Burning bushes are all around. Take your shoes off on holy ground. We are doubly Amen. blessed tonight with Thank Chris Whitler awesome. here on Lighthouse Live. And you titled that Burning Bushes? Mm-hmm. Wonderful, Chris. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. You know, I, I'm thinking, um, you're talking about the bush uh, in your intro there and, and how Moses probably had to look at it for a little bit to figure out that it wasn't being burned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are our first impressions can mm-hmm. can be so skewed by our filters and our lenses and and I was just thinking about how God sees the airport neighborhood in ninth street and and how we might see destruction in terms of those burning bushes, and yet through god 's lenses he sees potential he sees uh, people that need him, and uh, most of all he he sees mm-hmm. us and our need to respond to him to go down there and uh, and make connections and uh, so we, we really really appreciate it. another another great um Burning bush, a light down there is over Orville Wright School. Yes. And, yes. uh, in fact, they were in the paper either today or, or yesterday. I can't remember in the Modesto B, but, uh, the principal down there, Heather Sherburn, I have the name right, I believe, has done a magnificent job of turning that school around. Mm. And it is one of the, uh, most progressive schools in, in the whole district. And uh, again, a testament to the community coming together and saying, you know what, we, we're, we're going to do this mm-hmm. and we're going to partner together and, and make things better. Um, you know, we're, you know, God's time is eternal, Chris, <laughs> but ours isn't. And we're, we're not gone it. We're bumping the clock here. Before we uh, leave today, though, you know, why when we've been talking about Ninth Street and the airport neighborhood, mm-hmm. you're, Ministry partners there in Hawaii are now half a world or a world away in yes. Thailand. Yes. Let's uh, touch That's base nice. on what's happening over there right now and what they're uh, what they're doing. Yeah, well, our our friends uh, Jim and Kelly have moved to Thailand. They're working with a partnership ministry there called Compassio on the Thai Burmese border, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a ministry to uh, vulnerable people, uh, children on the street, and uh, people who. Uh, don't have much chance in that country, and they are they're doing whatever they can. They were they moved there, uh, they flew there, and as they were flying, they uh, a house was secured for them. When they arrived, they had a house, and uh, just a few days later, uh, somebody had left a, a baby on the doorstep of the ministry, and they were all praying together as a ministry group uh, for what they would do, how they were going to take care of this baby. They needed a family to take this baby in. And Jim and Kelly said, what are we praying for? Wow. We're right here. Praise. Wow. So uh, they've had this little baby for over a month now. And wow. they got him when he was five days old. And that's so And wow. uh, just Amazing. loving on him, taking care wow. of him, and, and seeing what they can be for, for this most vulnerable. You know, yeah. God works yeah. in 
wonderful ways, yeah. mysterious ways, and ways that we just can't imagine sometimes. Yeah. Yes. One of the uh, one of the critical situations I know that uh, they're addressing Jimmy and his family mm-hmm. over there is is the the really dark trafficking yes. of yes. children mm-hmm. into Human uh, sexual slavery yes. and, and other things. Uh, something that kind of runs under the radar screen, but a, a horrible, horrible thing. And yet they're bringing God's light uh, down there. And tell, tell us a little bit about what's going on there in that realm. Well, the major the major part of what they're doing is this uh, this idea of prevention. If, if kids are out of school and they're mm-hmm. on the street, um, they're vulnerable to being trafficked. So if you give them a place to be, uh, you know, if you can support their families with the most basic necessities, uh, that safeguards them against, uh, you know, e- either the family choosing to, uh, you know, traffic one of their children uh, for money or, you know, being put in a horrible circumstance. If you can support the families. Uh, on the front end and uh, keep the kids in school, keep them educated, give them skills that will help them get a better job once they're out of school. Uh, that will, that will help the, help the kids who are most vulnerable to, 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 you know, get the odds down a little bit for that to happen now. You know, God gives us a calling. He places things like this on our hearts and Mm -hmm. not everybody has this, but Jim and Kelly and Aaron yourself, uh, it just—it's uh, a wonderful thing to be in that place. We, you know, we often call it that sweet spot where you know that God has has called you to this sort of um, serving, to this to this sort of ministry, mm-hmm. and it's just a, a wonderful thing. Those of us, you know, in the body of Christ who don't hear that calling or are, are you know serving somewhere else. We just pray that more of us would would hear that or would be aware of that need. Chris, how can we speak to that? How can we encourage more of our sisters and brothers to the awareness and to pray for what is going on in these parts of the world? And certainly it's happening here on our land as well. Yeah, for sure. I think um, this, the... For the church to be in places where we aren't usually is, yes. is just a big thing, and it, it doesn't have to be anything massive. It doesn't. You don't have to do a, a huge program, or or it just could be a couple of friends getting together, uh, and and really just crossing the line and going to another part of town, mm-hmm. and um, finding a way to be there, whether it's volunteering with a local organization and giving a few hours of your week to a ministry in another part of town. Uh, we we are one of the poorest areas in the nation, mm-hmm. but we also are one of the most churched areas of our nation. That's a major disconnect. Yes. Yeah. We just need to be <laughs> oh. in the places where we aren't usually <laughs> and be there regularly and... Uh, you know, God does so much with that, just yes. that simple thing. I can imagine people, uh, and again, the 
as you know, the podcast goes all around the world, and mm. some people are saying, "Wow, man, I got to get to know this guy. I got to get oh. to know what they're doing." And we mentioned your your Facebook uh, updates and such. How mm. can people track what's happening with YWAM and and get a hold of you if they you, have questions? You can definitely find Youth with a Mission by Modesto by searching Youth with a Mission Modesto on Facebook. Our website is YWAM Y W A M Modesto M O D E S T O dot O R G. And uh, that's sort of a, a good little portal to find all things us. Mm. <laughs> and people can support you oh, yes. and encourage you. With, that would be great. Yes. <laughs> a few extra shekels and, and prayer support yes. and just, just, yes. Yeah, for sure. We, we need all we can get. Good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chris, uh, what do you see for the future uh, for you? Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the, you know when you have a baseball – I'm getting ready for baseball season. I can tell. The Dodgers will come back some year. Anyway, uh, I'm getting ready for baseball season. You know, it's 2011. I think of the bat, you know, and there's a sweet spot on the baseball bat. You hit the ball with that sweet spot, and you got a good hit. We get in, in God's sweet spot, you know, mm-hmm. where, where we just know, man, I'm right where he wants me to be, mm-hmm. you know, right now. And it's a great place to be. And, and you and I both know it ain't about the money because yeah. it, it'll never be about that. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's about God using your talents and everything that we've done up to this point in our lives. And then he takes that at that nexus and makes wonderful stuff happen. And uh, I, I know that, that you're in that position and, and, and you feel that great great place to be. What would you say to folks, because we get this question a lot, you know, I'm in the latter part of my life or I've retired or, you know, I'm kind of in a a change mode. I just want to find out what God wants me to do. What would you say to folks uh, that are searching for for that sweet spot for where God wants them to be? I would say, uh, let your relationships lead you. Mm. Um, Mm. That's been the way that God has called me in my life Mm. is is through the gift of relationship yeah. in his body and uh, with my friends. And that is, uh, you know, if if you and your friends have a heart to do something, you should do it. If you have a friend that's involved in a local organization, try hanging out with them and doing something with them. Um, yeah, Amen. look to your relationships and let those lead the way. It's so important. Chris Whitler of YWAM, Youth with a Mission. We love you. God bless and keep you, dear friend. Thank you. Dear friends listening, we love you too. Happy New Year. Thank you for starting it off with us here on Lighthouse Live. We'll see you again next time. God bless you. Amen.